0: on this episode of faith enigmas from our savior episcopal church in martinez georgia matthew and kiara bouye will be speaking with the reverend larry and pam jessiam the conversation will center on a ministry that is starting in the augusta convocation called the billsby center that will focus on meeting the needs of people in the harrisburg area during this informative discussion we will learn more about this new ministry and find out ways each of us can participate in this exciting new opportunity to serve in making a difference in the community.
1: Hi, Kiara and I, Matthew Bouye, am here at uh, Our Savior um, with Pam and Father Larry Jessen. And we are going to be talking about uh, the new uh, Billsby Center project. Um, So would you all like to
0: introduce yourselves? Sure. So, I'm, I'm Father Larry Jessen. I go by Larry. You can call me Father. You can call me Pastor. You can call me Reverend. It doesn't matter. The honorifics are the honorifics. Call um, him Larry. Just call me Larry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Pam, his wife.
0: Great. Excellent.
1: Um, well, uh, we were wondering if y'all could uh, give us some background on, you know, your sort of your spiritual autobiography, how you... Uh, came to be followers of Christ, and uh, what that trajectory has looked like, and where it's brought your uh, your career and your profession, um, you know, and your lives so far.
0: Okay,
1: you want to start, or shall I?
2: I could start. Go ahead. Um, I grew up Roman Catholic. Um, we were at church every Sunday. If we didn't go to church, we knew we were condemned to the nether regions. <laughs> <laughs> um, after my first husband died, I got away from the church. I mean. I had never stopped going. But after Peter died, um, I was lost. I was in a strange town, essentially, with no friends. Um, Decided to stick it out and um, knew something was missing. Attended a few churches where um, we were literally towed in one that I had to move out of the pew that I was in because somebody else always sat there. So I moved and was again towed oh, no, 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 this is where so-and-so sits. Oh, goodness. (laughs) At which point, I stopped going to church. Um, Oddly enough, when we got married, um, we talked about needing to re-find our connections with God and with the church. Uh, We experimented with um, different denominations, interdenominational, but nothing really struck, so we are... um, Driving up here from Florida, moving up here, and in the middle of Georgia somewhere, one of us called the other, and we don't remember who it was even, and said, when we get to Augusta, we need to find a church and a church family. And um, exploring the area, we we ran across the Savannah Rapids Pavilion. The next week, someone Larry worked with said to him, have y'all found a church yet? And we said, no. And she said, well, you need to try our church. They meet at the Savannah Rapids Pavilion. You'll never find it. And we said, oh, we've already found it. Mm-hmm. And I think that first Sunday, it was like we came home. Mm-hmm. We found God again, or maybe God found us. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were welcomed. We were accepted. Um, very much um, made to feel that we needed to be there. And God needed us there. And that was kind of the beginning of the journey. Yeah. That's great. For CEO and every, the whole the shooting match. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And mine's a little different. I, I all too, was born into a Roman Catholic family. That's where the similarity ends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, my parents decided to explore their spirituality. And um, we, gosh, I think we church shopped just about every Christian denomination you can oh. think of. Ended up in a small Pentecostal church at the end of our street. And um, and my parents' marriage dissolved very shortly after that and um, left me in a position where I was the only one in my household working at the age of 15. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I was supporting my mother and my sister and still very involved in the church. Um, Always felt that we had been there for the church and anyone in it, and when we needed help, uh, it just wasn't there so we were really hurt by the church and as a result I, I felt that um, God had abandoned me and so I stayed away from the church for decades and um, you know, repeated some of the same sins of my parents I was married and had two two children, two boys with my first wife and, and divorcing her and uh, met Pam we were I, by the way we were both in retail management. Yeah. Um, <laughs> ministry was not my first career.
2: Um, we didn't like each other at the beginning either. That's true. <laughs> we didn't. Very true. We respected one another, right, but that was about it. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: but then we became the best of friends, and um, in as we, uh, the way I recall it, is when we were engaged and talking about our wedding, and, and that we decided that listen if we're if this marriage is going to work, we need to have a foundation. In, with God in our marriage, and uh, that started our journey, and so we too did the church shopping and went yeah. to all these different places until we eventually fell into uh, Holy Comforter, which is the church that was meeting out of the Santa Rapids Pavilion. So that that gets us up to that, the same point now. Right. <laughs> so a, as we continue, um, uh, Cynthia Taylor uh, was the pastor of the church. She cool. has now since retired. Uh, and I think we were there maybe two years or so by that point and she met me for coffee one day and just said um, have you ever considered holy orders and I'm like holy what I have no idea what you're <laughs> really talking about you know and she's well I, I think I think you would I see you as being a deacon in the church and uh, long story short is after exploring it and going why me um I, I, was eventually convinced uh, that... But I said, convinced-
2: this is not what I signed <laughs> up for. <laughs> this is not on my agenda. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so you knew you'd be involved to some degree. Oh, that. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> so, um, so at that point, I, I had a lot of work to do. I didn't know the Bible well. I, I started EFM right here at Our Savior. Oh, nice. um, and um, uh, that's my connection to Our Savior okay' uh, a four years of EFM here and um, did a, a Bible study group and and started to learn scripture and uh, went through the deacon school on ministry and eventually was ordained and I was ordained to the deacon in, in 2013 okay uh, as a uh, what we call a uh, vocational deacon which meant there was two types of deacons in the church there's a vocational deacon and there's transitional transitional deacon is, somebody who's being ordained to the priesthood, but they ordained as a deacon first. Mm. And, uh, basically to learn ministry and, yeah. you know, and to round us out because as a priest, we're still deacons as well. Just as the bishop is still a priest and a deacon as well. <laughs> he was ordained to all three, or she may have been ordained to all three. Um, so my first assignment was at, at Christchurch in uh, Harrisburg community of Augusta. And, um, the first thing I remember was just being uh, overwhelmed by the need that was there. I mean, mm-hmm. literally, I could walk out the door of the church, blindfold myself, spin around ten times, put my point my finger, and I would find something I could minister to or someone. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, anything you can possibly think of. And as
2: the need is overwhelming.
0: Yeah. So it's like you know. So initially, it was how do you make a difference with that? Yeah. And and. Um, I, I think with me I'm, I'm not one of those people who has grandiose plans uh, you know I'm not, I'm not going to go out and I, I don't believe I, I, I have the skill set to go out and I don't know uh, start a, a, a social justice movement necessarily and my ministry has been more one on one with individuals and I had to come to accept that and um, I, I tried to pattern that on something I call the gift of significance which is something that Christ models really well uh, in his ministry, uh, especially when he reaches out to those in the fringes of society. He he shows them in his actions uh, and the way he engages people that they matter, mm-hmm. and if they matter to to him, then surely they matter to God. You are worth something. Uh, you are worth worthy of my love. Uh, is what he showed people. And and so that I've always tried to keep that in mind with anything I've ever done in in ministry, whether it's as, as a deacon or as a priest. Um, eventually, I became, uh, uh, as part of my deacon exploration of ministry, I became a hospital chaplain uh, and a hospice chaplain. And, and uh, it was through the process of uh, clinical pastoral education, which is uh, the, the program that Chaplains learn how to be chaplains. Essentially, um, it is when I re- recognize the calling to the priesthood. By the way, in all both of these callings, nothing I ever wanted. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've heard that uh, the, before. The Holy Spirit has <laughs> has a strange way of working yeah. on you. There's a, a restlessness that, uh, at least with me anyway, that that happens until until I finally pay attention and figure it out. Um, so. That kind of takes us right to the Billsby Center, because right. that's yeah. that was exactly that. Uh, the last parish I was at, um, I, I feel that we had accomplished w- what the Holy Spirit intended us to accomplish. And it was time to move on. It was going to be something different. I didn't know what. Whether i a, a different parish, a different city, a different state... Uh, even in a different country, we're entertaining the oh, yeah. thought of oh, of, uh, <laughs> of doing. You know, what's what's going to be next? We don't know. And then this came up, and and back when I was a deacon, one of the things I expressed and have since expressed was the fact that that um, Christchurch would be the perfect place to do. Um, Create a ministry outreach center, yeah, and eventually absolutely. use it to be training grounds for deacons and priests. I mean, yes. after all, we of have course. to be a deacon, and we need, yeah. need to learn how to minister into the world. Yeah. This this would be the perfect laboratory to do that. Yeah. yeah, and so funding became available, and and people had heard of um, you know my vision mm-hmm. and uh, for that, and and it came together. Mm-hmm. And, and lo and behold, it's uh, it's it's that holy Spirit's nudging I think and I think we're right where we need to be right now or we're right where I need to be right now um, and it's it's very exciting great. it's very
1: exciting that's great thank you can can you give us some uh, background for folks that don't know about augusta's history or the history of Harrisburg or even the history of of Christ's church you know what what is uh, what's the history of Christchurch and its position within the community? And can you describe this community for us a little bit? You've mentioned sure, briefly. Sure. Sure. Was... So,
0: so um, Christ Church is located at the, the corner, of Green and Eve Streets. Uh, it's in the Old Mill community. So, if you, it's right near the canal, which was the canal was built to, um, to. For traffic, to uh, bring cotton to the mills, in turn, the, the was the the fabrics were set back up the canal to, to Atlanta to be distributed for making clothing or whatever else was was required. So um, it was basically an, an impoverished area. I mean, mill workers didn't make much money and children labor, child labor and women and...
2: It was a very vibrant of, community.
0: Vibrant. Yeah. Very. But, but
2: uh, the people took care of each other mm-hmm. yeah, and still do.
0: Even to this day, it's... when you look at some of the older homes that are there, the size of the lots are just, they're tiny. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to believe that there's even, you know, a home there. And these homes would house, you know, there might be a family of eight, you know, Mm -hmm. parents and six kids or or more Mm -hmm. in in many cases. Um, So what the kind of the history of Christchurch in that is that, (laughs) um, Good Shepherd on the Hill and Walton Way, um, Built a church in 1850 and outgrew it very quickly. Mm. They also recognized a need that, you know, we need an Episcopal church um, down in the mill community.
2: That the people can get to. Yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> All right. So um, so the, the legend goes the, the current uh, sanctuary, the, the church itself, was jacked up, put on logs and rolled down Battle Row, which is the street right behind Mm Christchurch that goes up the hill and and ends just about at Good Shepherd. Mm -hmm. And so that happened, and that church was dropped on the corner of Green and Eve back in 1882. Uh, And in addition to to becoming a vibrant church, it also serviced the folks Mm -hmm. in the community as well. The Billsby Center name that we we came up with actually is tied into the history. So um, back in 1927, uh, there was a deaconess assigned to the church who had a love for this community. Her name was Ruth Billsby. And um, her father was an Episcopal priest up in Pennsylvania. Uh, She was from a wealthy family up in Pennsylvania. Uh, And as she learned to become a deaconess, went to deaconess school and worked in several cities... Focusing on mill community uh, and and ministering to those folks. Uh, But the family used to winter in Augusta. And so um, they would... She she got to see what was going on there and said, this is where I want to minister to folks. I want to be a deaconess here at Christ Church. Mm -hmm. And she did so. So from 1927 to 1943, she served there. Uh, Her family uh, gave... a, Gave a substantial amount of money at that time. I think we we found just recently a letter. Yesterday,
2: I found the um, paper that where she donated to be used for outreach in the Harrisburg area in 1928. Sixty thousand dollars. That's a lot back then. Back then, extrapolate (laughs) that out to today's. That's quite good. It was an incredibly. Incredibly generous gift. Absolutely. Uh, she walked the streets with coal and food for people. Mm-hmm. Coal to keep them warm, food to feed them. She offered medical care. I mean, the woman was amazing. She was the tenth deaconess um, ordained in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, just uh, yeah, an interesting, interesting woman. Her stories and the history of her are just uh, yeah, yeah.
0: When we when uh, I was first assigned to Christchurch, there were still people there who. Mm-hmm. Remembered her and yeah. talked with her very fondly, yes. and um, uh, just her ministry to the the community was was pretty amazing, mm-hmm. pretty cutting edge. I have to say too. I mean, uh, she made sure all the kids in the in the neighborhood had shoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, she would um, walk the streets with buckets of coal, giving it to anyone who needed it for cooking point, or for heating. At
2: one point, she had two hundred children attending Sunday school. And the like. Wow. Two hundred. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that'd have been the whole area. And it's been... <laughs> well, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, sure. and one of the other things too that I, where I with the cutting edge part of it was that she was also a, a, a proponent of family planning. Yeah, apparently, apparently, went into some of these people's homes and told them, "Listen, you have, <laughs> you already have six kids and you can't afford to feed them. Right. Uh, there are some things you can do." Right, yeah. right, right. And yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, so but, and how you get away with that in that day and age? I don't know. Yeah. she oh, did. Okay. She You're did. Pretty, and, yeah. yeah. Uh, but she just just grew and developed some uh, just amazing ministries, and she served as a model, a role model for me as a deacon. When mm-hmm. I was hearing these stories, I was just fascinated. And um, she has since been recognized as a saint. She has been uh, uh, back in two thousand fifteen was recognized as a Georgia saint, uh, and uh, she's one of two deaconesses who are saints in the, mm-hmm. the diocese of Georgia. So. Deaconess Alexander being the other one. Uh, so I thought it was absolutely fitting to name the, the center for, for outreach and ministry after her. Uh, absolutely. So and, and Christchurch is not
1: still an active No. Yeah. Uh,
0: unfortunately, the congregation has had um, moved basically down. moved out and or and, and <laughs> ceased to operate as a church. Um, I want to say just before COVID mm. struck, um, which saddened me. It really broke yeah. my heart. But yeah. one of the, the the things that happened was that the ministries that were established there continued on. Mm-hmm. And, and in particular, uh, the uh, Saturday community meal mm-hmm. uh, and also the uh, food pantry once mm-hmm. a month. Uh, those ministries kept going. And, and there was money still available to keep the property going and everything else so since then uh, there's a, a, a church uh, group that is renting out the sanctuary and they have regular worship services every Sunday at uh, 1030 uh, they're not Episcopalian uh, and um, so far we the folks we met from there have been great and, and they have a heart for outreach as well and, good. and we're looking forward to partnering with them to do Ministry in the community, and they're excited as well because uh, it just fits right in with,
3: mm-hmm. with it'll the, be a good with church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I love, I love the, the for me, community is like one of the most important things. And I think, like, there's a big sense of community when we do the community meal at Saturday. I think the Episcopal churches in the area, we all like roti rotate. Rotate each Saturday, or all assigned. So when it's our turn to go down there, um, I think we get the fifth Saturday of the month. Which I'm like, that's not. There's only so many Saturdays. Only fifth Saturdays in the month. Right. But I love going down there. I love being able to talk to people, recognize people, and just sit and eat with people. Mm I I think there's something. There's just something so special about that area. And Mm -hmm. as far as like what you envision for community. I know we've, we've talked a lot about like the food outreach that we already do, but what are some other things that we you envision? Sure. Well, for, well first of all, let,
0: let me address the, the, your comment about ministry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I think too many of us miss the point. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to be critical of Episcopalians, <laughs> but we, we happen to be great at checkbook ministry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. We'll write a check for anything. Oh, yeah. We will. And and thank God we do. Yeah. Because that's important. But if we're just providing a service, whether that's food or clothing or um, without having the relationship building part of it, 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 we're missing the boat. You know, or or worse than that is thinking transactionally. yeah. Yeah. We do ministry, so therefore. So, we can get rear ends in the pews uh, <laughs> right. and keep, you know, sustain our church and grow but our what church.
2: He said, and I'm interrupting you because mm-hmm. what she said is like, I wanted to jump up and say, Yes, mm-hmm. you like to go in and sit down and eat with the people. Yes. Yeah. And people will say, Why am I here? There isn't anything for me to do. And I want to say, Go yes. sit down at a table Learn and talk to people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's
1: that's actually one thing. Uh, the last community meal I was at, which maybe a few a few weekends ago now, um, you know, that's one thing that you did is you, you went outside and you greeted people as they came mm-hmm. in, uh, Pam, and you greeted people as they left. And I just you know that was just uh, I I noticed a, a a difference in the disposition of people mm-hmm. as they came in to get their food. And uh, that's just, I think, a really, really great example of, of a way that, you know, it, it doesn't even necessarily take a lot of effort. doesn't take, you know, a lot. It doesn't take any money to stand out no, there and
2: greet no, people. No, but still.
1: That's such a yeah. big you impact. You have
2: to say, we're glad you're here. Come yeah. in. You're yeah. welcome. It's, it's yes. enriching
1: yeah. to everyone's soul involved. And when they <laughs> leave, yeah.
2: you say, we're glad you came. Come, we'll see you next week. Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. You
2: know, yeah.
0: yeah, and that kind of goes back to when when uh, I Serving as a deacon there, and, and Pam and I would go to the community meals, and we just went every week. And and, and I think that's important, too, is is to have that stability. Uh, but the first thing we noticed was there's, uh, and again, I guess this goes back to ministry without relationship building. Mm-hmm. There's kind of a culture of shame, and there was yeah, at that time. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, people having to line up to come in the, right, way, yeah. in the place, and they still do. I mean, yeah. it's, they have to do it in order to access the building. Yeah. But, um, but then they, you know, go through the lines to get their food and they were, you know, things were put on their plate without any regard for whether they wanted it or not. Uh, people didn't look up, they didn't engage one another, didn't engage the people who were serving. Um, it was a
2: two-way street. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: two-way yeah. street. You know, it was clearly, there was us and them, right. you know, the yeah. people's. The people who were providing the service on one side of the table right. and the and the guests on the other side. I feel like mm-hmm. much of a community, right? And, and so <laughs> we just said, you know, what can we do to be intentional about that? And one of the things there was just, well, let's make them feel welcome. Uh, give radical hospitality, if you yeah. will, and, and just just start to engage people. And we started to see it change. And it was kind of funny because one of the one of the groups, church groups, that came in all the time. Um, Started to complain. I said, "There's people coming to the meal now. They don't even eat. They just come in and
3: sit down. They <laughs> talk." And I'm like,
0: "I'm like, that's great. Yeah, wow. yeah. that's yeah. perfect." It's and, and, and you know, at the yeah. time, we, we it was known as the the Christchurch soup, soup Kitchen. <laughs> yeah. And I said, "We need to think about changing the name. Yeah. Because it's not a soup kitchen anymore. It's a community.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So we started calling it the Community Meal because all are welcome. It doesn't have you." We don't check to see if, yeah. you know what your economic to status it. is. We don't even check <laughs> to see if you're hungry. If you want to come in, come in. Yeah, Have a meal with us. Um, Dolly Highsmith was also yeah. an inspiration for me. Yeah. and um, Dolly uh, passed away last year, unfortunately. Uh, but she uh, she kind of ran the soup kitchen. She ran the food pantry. And, and one of the things she used to say about the soup kitchen and, and the community meal was, we will never, ever serve anything. That we wouldn't put on our own dinner table. Mm-hmm. It's a great philosophy, and um, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, again, it's it's that restoring dignity or right. uh, for someone. You know, we're not going to give you uh, lima beans and you know lukewarm hot dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe once in a while, yeah. but you know, but hopefully not lukewarm. But you know, yeah, but, right, but it was always that. a good, good, yeah, meal yeah exactly. a good meal and nourishing, and um, you know, we try to maintain that.
2: Well, the other thing, you know, we talk about the community that was Mm Christchurch and they either died off or they moved out of the area. Dolly did and so many others, but they still cared enough about the people um, that they came back on Saturdays Mm -hmm. for the community meal. And um, I remember um, one woman member very elegant very lovely always beautifully dressed and my very first Saturday there she said to me she looked me up and down and she says we don't wear our nice clothes down here Mm. and I looked at her and she said these people don't dress like that and I really took that to heart And made a point of, yeah, I'm going to wear an old sweatshirt and and I might have a splotch in these jeans that haven't been in the washing machine yet, but I'm no better than these other people who are probably, possibly, wearing the only clothes they have. And I think that was kind of the philosophy of a lot of our people Mm -hmm. from the original Christ Church people. They understood that they had been able to transcend the limitations of Harrisburg, uh, but they also understood how to connect with the people,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and that's uh...
0: well. And you know, the the other thing too was you know when I uh, was first ordained to the diaconate, um, Pam encouraged me to get out of retail, <laughs> but don't, why don't you take a year and just explore ministry? Mm. Um, and, and I got to say that year stretched out to three years. <laughs> That was working. <laughs> I was work, working, thank God. But but the but the reality is that I, it also made me very aware that I mean there was years I didn't earn six thousand mm-hmm. dollars in that time period. Yeah, um, made me realize you know I'm I'm essentially one or two paychecks away from living in this community. I think, but the and the are. thing but yeah. the thing that was beautiful about it was that I also knew uh, that. Because of the relationships we built, if, God forbid, that should happen, I had somewhere to go. Yeah, you'd right. be okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not just be okay, but I would. I, I know there's people there who would take me in. Yeah. yeah. Which is amazing when to think about because I don't know that we would have thought to do so the opposite way. But then we did. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I mentioned before, you know, Pam's got two daughters from her first marriage. I've got two sons from my first marriage. And then we have our children together, and this is another reason why we we love Harrisburg so much. Um, our godsons Trayvon and Kijan, Uh we met them at the soup kitchen uh, at the community meal. Um, there was one day we didn't have enough volunteers just to, to man mm. the stations to serve the food, and and it was fifteen minutes before we opened. and Everybody's panicking. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And and I said, How many people do you need? Well, we need at least three. I said, Okay, I'll be right back. And yep. I went, went outside and just said, Yeah. Hey, who can stay till two o'clock? Raise your hands, and hands shot up and said, "You, you, you, come yeah. with me." Mm-hmm. Well, two of them were Trayvon and Keyjon, and they, kids. Were kids. <laughs> they were little they were, kids. I think they were ten and twelve at the time, oh, and they God. were small for their age, Very as small. well. So that would—I yeah. mean, they looked like they were probably they were nine you know, and eleven, something like that, yeah. I mean, and. They did great. I mean, they were wonderful kids and, and worked hard, and, and I just teased them like I did my own sons. and, <laughs> and, and uh, uh, But they had a great time. And then afterwards, they came up and said, you know, can can we do this again? And we're like, listen, you did such a great job. You can come back any time. Mm-hmm. The next day, uh, next Saturday, we got there, and, and we uh, pulled up at the door around 9 o'clock, and, and uh, uh, the... Mr. Deems, who's the, kind of the kitchen manager at the time.
2: The guru. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh,
0: he says, you know, they've been sitting on the church steps waiting for y'all for about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we had no idea. Yeah. And, and so the relationship built. And we got to know their families and, and their mother and everything else. And and uh, eventually, they even came and lived with us for a yeah. while during one time when their mother was homeless. And,
2: five or six years.
0: Yeah, and they stayed with us five or six years. Yeah. And, that's and, that's um, great. Um, so we got to experience what it was like to be parents together.
2: Of teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> With
0: teenagers, yeah. And we lived to tell the story. Yeah. So, uh, but we just love the people there mm-hmm. and, and have and, and continue to. And mm-hmm. it's, after not having been there uh, for close to 10 years, eight years anyway? Seven or eight, yeah. Um, it's good to see people that we recognize and who recognize us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, uh, it's good to, to reconnect um, so one one of the other things I, I think is, is really important to me about the Ministry Center is uh, because of this experience that we learned with with the boys um, Trayvon and Kijan that it's important to have the community engaged in whatever ministries we're doing mm-hmm. uh, that way there's some ownership uh, as well and so uh, that's going to be one of the one of the foundational uh, stones, if you will, of of any ministry that we we bring in. Right, breaking down that barrier of us and them. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And, and well, Mister Deems is a great example. I mean, he yeah. lives in the community and he's been doing this for twenty some At years least. now. Yeah. Um, but he's a great example of that, and, and we just we need to continue to do more of that as we develop the ministries and. Uh, well, we that had be an
2: incident last week where a woman who remembered us from when she was a teenager, oh, no and she was like, "I don't have much, but I have this in my food stamps, and I have this this check, and it's a couple hundred dollars." And she says, "So, but I need to be bringing food to you all for people." Oh goodness! And we're say. like, "No, no, <laughs> just come and help us. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we we don't need a, her to empty her her pantry." for other people, but she wanted to give and to be involved. So I think she'll be showing up to help on a pretty regular basis. Oh, that's I mean, that's yeah. outstanding. Yeah. Isn't that cool?
3: It yeah. is. That one brings me to another question, which is, we know that when something gets started, people are so eager to help out. People are like, oh, I want to help something out. And so many people, like, there's a buzz around, like, oh, the Be Center. But what are some ways, at least right now for, like, let's just say the next few months that someone could help out? Like, what are some some practical ways that we could get people to help out?
2: Um, Right now we really can't do anything until we get the building up to, I don't want to say up to code, but a lot of um, cleaning and sorting out. Bathrooms need to be redone. Mm -hmm. Um, That phase of it is probably going to take another, like you said, another couple of months. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to need every kind of volunteer you can think of at some point because we don't really have much of a budget right we have a little tiny budget yeah yeah. um there are things we can do now like um continue to work with the community meal food pantry we've already reached out to see if we can be a center for senior boxes from the food pantry which is um additional food for senior citizens people have reached out to us. I mean, it's it's been exciting. Yeah. The people who have reached out and said, I want to help, what can I do? Mm-hmm. And that is literally everybody from the people of the Harrisburg neighborhood up to upper echelon types. Yeah. Um, right now, what I would like to do is to build a, a list of people who are interested in volunteering what they can do so we be, can begin planning. There's training that we have to have in a group like this. Right. Um, we'll be working with children, obviously. Oh. Uh, I'd, I'd like to go ahead and now, before we can really do anything, get people involved with training, mm-hmm. child safety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's to protect the children and ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a lot of ideas that are not going to... Um, cost a lot of money. That's great. Those um, are the best ideas. Yes, but, <laughs> but but we need people, and we need community yeah. people. So um, hopefully, um, anybody who has reached out to us in the next few weeks, I'm going to contact again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, putting together a survey right now. Uh, what do you want to do? Yeah. What are your ideas on what we can do? What are your skills? Mm-hmm. And to begin working from that so that we, I mean, I could say right now, uh, we, Key and I were talking earlier, mm-hmm. I'd love to have a volunteer social worker. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. the, everything from that too. We've got a Boy Scout troop that's offering to come in and help us clean out decades old stuff that we don't need, mm-hmm. uh, that nobody needs. Um, <laughs> we're looking for. Gosh, I could just. There's so much. Right. Yeah. Just,
0: yeah, and, and the other thing I would say too is that you know we've got so many great ministries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That. Uh, all of our churches have whether they're external or internal and again, you know, I'm thinking of some of the internal like uh, just even uh, You know uh, several of our churches have knitting groups. You know? Yes and What if Once a month they came down to the center Taught some people in community how to knit will get donated okay. yarn mm-hmm. That'd be Great. Just just something to uh, To create a, a venue with which to build relationships. Yeah. And,
2: well, it's like um, many years ago, I was on the board of a group up in South Carolina, and our, it was a that came together, churches mostly, um, that identified a neighborhood much like Harrisburg, mm-hmm. but essentially worse. Mm-hmm. I mean, the police were afraid to go in at night. Uh, they wouldn't go in, in just one car, two or three. Uh, the people who lived there were afraid. The drugs were rampant. And we started in just doing little things, after-school programs for children. Um, we started a weekly um, women's self-esteem group. And it was just little things, come on. We might have somebody talk about nutrition this week. Yeah. We might have somebody come in and bring a ceramic Christmas boot for you to paint to and we'll fire. It was different things and it got people out of their apartments yeah. Um, women who didn't come out because they were afraid
1: yeah
2: um and uh, with, we got the community involved we got them to start leading things um we raised the money to buy an abandoned field for playgrounds and but we asked the people to do the work it was their work it right. wasn't ours yeah and, yeah and i mean today that whole area is a completely different part yeah. i mean it has green grass Um, It's still low-income rentals, but there's a pride in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have a a baseball team, little league team, you know, for the kids of the neighborhood on that field that was an empty junk corner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, And and we didn't have a budget. Mm -hmm. Right. We had... Resourcefulness. Yes, resourcefulness. And we (laughs) knew people in the community just like there are people here. Yeah. Um, One of the things that I loved was um, New Adventures of the Same Old Town. we, you and me we go on vacation we might go to the beach or the mountains or see grandmama these kids didn't their summer vacation was here in this very dangerous this very dangerous community so we created a program and I'd love to see us do it here but it was all volunteers Mm -hmm. where once a week we took X number of girls and it was the girls um, to um, places that had volunteered their services. So the stables, that was the park. We'd take the girls there one week. And they'd feed them lunch outside, but they'd let them in the stables and get them up on horses. And the next week, um, the ice skating rink opened up and let us take them ice skating. We had a gymnastics center that opened up and gave the girls a day in a gymnastics. So, you know, it was simple. Nice. It, it didn't cost us anything. Right. Um, it was all volunteers doing the transporting, providing lunches, opening up their hearts and their facilities and their staffs to these girls, and they loved it. I mean, it was it was, it was just. Is, is there
1: some is there somewhere that you'd like uh, people to go to to
0: get in touch with y'all about maybe volunteering Sure, there's, a, there's a couple of different ways. Yeah. Um, we I've uh, started a Facebook. Page for the Billsby Center, and okay. it is listed as that the Billsby Center. Billsby, by the way, is not spelled the way phonetically. <laughs> no. It's B Y L L E S B Y. Well, we'll make sure that we put the link to that. In yeah, the, uh, and, and so you yeah. know, you can message from there. Okay. Um, I'll <laughs> I'll put my phone number out there. <laughs> uh, my cell phone number is 239-272- 0569. And you can feel free to get, get in touch with me that
1: way. Well, that's, that's very uh, Email address. Yeah, well, yeah.
0: Um, yeah, when I set up the Facebook page, uh, I did a real rudimentary job of putting it out there just to get it. And I was thinking, I'm not, you know, nobody's going to look at this. Right. And that evening, uh, it had my cell phone number on it by default. And that evening, around 10 o'clock, I got a phone call. Uh, <laughs> this, this
1: this describes the the tone of your voice when when I called you to ask about the interview. I you know asked his father, Justin. And you were like, yeah. I've
0: got to see um, the the uh, we have a Gmail account right now for mm-hmm. for the, the Billsby Center. That's another way to, to reach us, and is it is billsbycenter at gmail.com Great. So. Great. Um, any of those methods are, are great, and, and y'all accept are accepting donations as well for
2: for
1: those? definitely that, yeah definitely definitely
0: uh you know I mentioned before Episcopalians are great checkbook right yeah. Um, yeah yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> ministers uh that's needed too and that's a, that is important great um so and I guess the other thing too is is what's needed is is love to hear your ideas for what you would like to do <laughs> you, truly it's yeah. one one of the best ways to minister to people. And build relationships yeah. is find something that you love, right, and share it with others. Yeah. So if, well if you're, you know, if your passion is to say knitting, get together Perfect. with people who love to knit. <laughs> yeah. And, and 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 you know, turn other people on to your passion and whatever right. that is. And I mean, one of mine. And this is one of the ways we kind of got a, got involved with the boys was I love board games and card uh, card games. I mean, it's just. I, I'm embarrassed to say how many closets I have full of board games. <laughs> um, but you know that, that's how we established a relationship with the boys was just like, hey, if you think you'd like to do this, come on, we'll have you over as long as it's okay with your mom. Let's do it, you know. Mm-hmm. And and, uh, and that's an
2: easy thing we could do. We have an afternoon or an right. evening of of games. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but we all have something we're
0: passionate about. If it's maybe it's just reading novels. If you want to have a book book group, great. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: we have a piano um,
0: if you love music. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so think about it because right now this is an exciting time because yeah. it's so nebulous at this it's point. It's, it's, it's wide open. It's flexible, and, and, right? In right. um, you know, things are gonna, we're going to try things. Some of those things aren't going to work. Yeah, and some are gonna. Yeah, and, and that's that's the whole thing. Um, is it, you know we. Uh, Years ago, um, uh, we're sitting there before church service one Sunday, and, and some of the folks in the church at Christ Church were saying, "You know, years ago we used to do a, uh, a fall festival, and it, you know, it was really great. We always had a lot of fun." And I'm like, "So why aren't we doing it?" Mm-hmm. And well, I don't know. We just haven't done it in a long time, and we're not. You know, we're getting older, and we're not able to do all those things. Right. So I'll tell you what. How about I plan the games and things, and and uh, y'all just come mm-hmm. and help, and. We did that, and we had a great time. And, and I think you know, the, the first first time we did that, we probably had, I don't know, 30, 40 kids from the neighborhood mm-hmm. come, uh, equally as many adults, because they, they heard we were roasting hot dogs, and then they <laughs> came. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and we all just had a great time. And I think that did more to build relationships right. and trust and camaraderie and fellowship with folks in the neighborhood than anything else and I'm looking forward to doing that again so if you want to be involved in that let me know but yeah absolutely. there's just so much so great. much that we can we can do at this yeah. point great um, well eventually then. the kind of the vision for the center though is that we're gonna uh, I'd like to see it become a, a kind of a, a convocational um, develop some convocational ministries okay. where all of us can come together yes and do something maybe a little larger yeah um, and eventually, broaden out throughout the CSRA as, as things develop. So so initially, it's it, it, kind of the the, the three stage plan is to um, is to get the building and the campus in use six to seven days a week. Yeah. Wow, wow. And then <laughs> yeah. once that happens, we're going to go ahead and, and form a nonprofit. And, and you'll notice in the name, we don't call it the Episcopal Center. Right. and that's intentional not that it's not we don't hide anything right. it's just we, we intend for this to be an ecumenical we want other groups other churches other faith groups to come together and yeah. we all have community.
2: different ideas right? and right. different right. things that we're passionate about I mean I'm, I'm a, a bad example I know I get really excited about all this and other people I know are out there with this same passion and excitement In different areas, right. So, so the
0: next natural phase will be to form a nonprofit, because right now to to donate to uh, the Billsby Center, if somebody did want to write a check, right, send your check to Good Shepherd and have it (laughs) earmarked uh, for the Billsby Center, right. Um, They're handling they're handling for us right now until we become a nonprofit, and then I think the final phase is to become self sustaining. We Mm -hmm. we've been gifted with. uh, a three-year commitment from uh, both Christchurch and uh, the outreach um, uh, ministry at uh, Good Shepherd mm-hmm. to to fund this venture this experiment and um, once it's successful it, it needs to be able to stand on its own yeah sure yeah. and uh, so that's that's kind of the kind of the long range uh, or a three-year plan anyway okay uh, where we want to see this go but in the meantime it's relationship building, loving others, making the neighborhood a better place to live. That's great. And along with the, the passion, I think you all have a, a really great uh,
1: direction and concept of what you know building community entails. So personally, I'm,
0: I'm very excited to see what you all do. Well, don't you don't have to see? Come and join. <laughs> well, right, no, <laughs> no know, we'll participate. participate. I don't, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I'm
1: sure I won't be able to avoid that. You know? yes, yeah. Well, yeah. very good. We're, going <laughs> we're, we're <laughs> to kind
0: that? Pam, write his name down for
1: us. I,
2: I
0: would say uh,
2: <laughs> the best address to get a, a survey to y'all for what you'd like to do. Uh, yes,
1: yes, we'll get that to you for sure. Yes. <laughs> I know. I know where to find
2: you. Yes, yes.
1: you do.
3: Yes, you certainly do. We had so much fun. Is there any other questions? You do you think? have any? Uh... I don't think I have any other questions, but I had a lot of fun with this yeah. interview. And I'm like, I'm so excited for what's to what's to come because as you were talking, I was like, oh, like sharing things. I did a, at, at Kira, at Our Savior, I did a small, um, it was a, uh, like a senior group. And I did like mm. a showing like how to make clay magnets because I worked with clay and stuff as an artist. And so I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I, like, oh, I could do like, I could get some of my friends to teach crochet, or maybe I could get some yeah. of my friends to teach painting, or just like, I don't know, I love, we love doing these things anyway. So I, it's just, I, I, I'm like you. I'm like, I got so many ideas and there's so many things we can do to engage the community. So I'm really excited and happy to have talked to y'all.
1: Yeah, is there, is there any closing uh, business y'all wanna get out there or? <laughs> Thank you all for your
2: passion yes. and your excitement. Oh, absolutely.
0: Yes, uh, and just we uh,
2: feed on that.
0: (laughs) I I have to put on my priest hat. I just have to. Sure. So (laughs) the only thing I'd like to say in summation is, uh, you know, Jesus tells us what to do. He tells us, and he modeled it in his his life, uh, the way he lived his life, and the way he 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 taught his disciples. And is go out and do. That's the lot. The best ministry we can ever do the best way to, to love our neighbors ourselves is just get out there and do it yeah and, and take a risk you may just find that it's incredibly rewarding uh, and it has been for us mm-hmm. there's something about going out and giving expecting nothing in return and
2: mm-hmm. stepping out of your comfort zone to do it mm-hmm. yeah yeah
0: and yeah um, so the, you know that's that would be my, my message for you all. Go out and do it. And if it's not the Billsby Center, do it somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, some If, if we're going to further the kingdom of God, we got to do something other than just open our doors and be inviting at the mm-hmm. church. we got to be out there. Absolutely. After all, Jesus was out there. Mm-hmm. So go forth and do like he did. That's great. Thank you. Yes.
3: Thank you.